Who remembers the lines? Watch it wiggle, see it jiggle. All right, so maybe the tune's off, but that was part of the classic jingle for Jello Gelatin. Jello has been in and out of favor for the masses, but has always been a favorite with kids. There was a time when no potluck or holiday dinner was complete without a Jello mold dessert. Most of us know the ease and convenience of opening a box, adding some hot water to the bowl with Jello, and waiting a few hours for cool, tasty, wiggly, jiggly fun. Such ease was not always the case, as we're going to find out, and dessert was seldom the course. The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, Episode 93. Yo, welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy's free, but the food's on you. Hello, folks. Dan Reed here, the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Boogie on over to my podcasts page, culinarylibertarian.com slash podcasts. you find all the previous shows, show notes pages. From that podcasts page, click the social media tabs and follow the Culinary Libertarian on Twitter or Instagram. Or come join us in the Eating Liberty Facebook group. Click the support hyperlink to find all the podcatchers carrying the Culinary Libertarian podcast, as well as the banners for some of my affiliates, including the Tom Woods Liberty Classroom and McClanahan Academy. Both are membership sites with on-the-go content in history. Liberty Classroom also has courses on logic, Western civilization, politics, economics, and more. Get the education you didn't get from the government schools with Liberty Classroom and McClanahan Academy. The other banners on the podcast page are for Kiko's Cakes and Cranky Without Coffee, my coffee mug store on Etsy. Kiko is an accomplished pastry chef and shows you, in video form, how you can duplicate his actions to make some amazing desserts in your own kitchen. If your support preferences are of the fiat kind, you can make a donation to the show through PayPal or the Patreon links. The last way you can support the show is with a rating and a review on your favorite podcatcher. Ratings and reviews help more people find the show, and that grows the audience. If you are of a certain age, and thinking about my siblings, I'm going to say 45-ish, you might remember Great Aunt Sally or someone bringing to dinner her famed and infamous Jello Mold Salad, probably lime for the festive color, and all wiggly and jiggly filled with mandarin orange slices and marshmallows and maraschino cherries and topped with rosettes of Cool Whip or Dream Whip. Gelatin, the stuff in a box with the artificial color and flavor and sugar to which boiling water is added, is quite the convenience. 
gelatin in foods and foods of gelatin is not a new idea. Any cook who makes good stock, the flavorful liquid obtained from cooking bones for hours, will notice the next day that the stock is set, that is, it's firm. Veal bones and beef bones are most noted as gelatinous bones, but I've seen fish and chicken stocks also set up. As a cook, I get a bit giddy when a stock has enough gelatin to set. A well-made stock, one that sets, is a sign of a good process. Gelatin has no flavor, but its presence is a sign that the cook knew how to extract enough of the collagen from the bones to make the stock set. So I changed terms there. So let me clarify, and that is a gelatin joke, this issue. There are three basic proteins in the connective tissue of animals, elastin, reticulin, and collagen. Harold McGee wrote in his On Food and Cooking, the first one, that collagen, quote, comes from the Greek for glue-producing, referring to the fact that when it is heated in water, insoluble collagen is transformed into a gelatin, a soluble, gummy solution that can be used for glue as well as a thickener for soups and desserts, and quote. Gelatin comes from the connective tissue collagen. Yeah, it doesn't sound appealing, but it is. So, here in the States, Jello, in the fancier term aspic, had his heyday in the 1950s. More on that later. For you keen enough to say, wait a minute there, Sparky, that ain't aspic, yes, you're right. But, to properly made, aspic is, take that stock, then make consomme, and then, uh, then reduce the consomme, or you make it double strong. And then, you may need to fortify that with some gelatin, and then you add some Madeira, possibly some port, uh, and then you end up with aspic. It's a lot of work. It's worth doing, but you have an audience of probably one, and that's me. The Western canon, culinary canon, for aspic seems to start with chef Antonin Karem, who mostly invented the idea of hot food presented cold with shiny aspic on top. Yes, he used aspic. The cooking term is chauffois, which is French and means hot, cold. More on that, too, in a little bit. Gelatin sets at cold temperatures. We know that. Other items do also. In his article, Jiggle It, The History of Gelatins, Aspects, and Jellies, Nate Barksdale, writing for History.com, writes, quote, Gelatin's most popular global competitor was discovered around 1660 in Japan, end quote. A few more lines into the same paragraph, Barksdale continues, quote, seaweed-based jellies spread in popularity throughout Asia, especially in the climates of Southeast Asia, where they joined the mint-based grass jellies in local cuisines. The common term for Canton is agar-agar, which comes from a Malay word for red seaweed. 
In Northern Europe, red seaweed known as Irish moss has also been gathered for centuries and boiled with milk to release the thickening agent carrageenan, end quote. Barksdale's article is fun to read and with some good information. I'll link to it on the show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 93. Carrageenan is a thickener. It is often used in fruit glazes, such you would see on top of, or like on strawberries or something, on tarts or torts, and that is another episode. During Carême's and Auguste Escoffier's time, chauffeur work was the expectation of the chef of the Garmage. I don't want to get into the whole brigade system, but what is meant by that term is the once familiar white aspic coating, usually on skinless chicken breasts, uh, maybe on sides of salmon, but also on silver platters and on which were made elaborate designs with truffles and other vegetables blanched, dried, and then placed to make flowers from the cross-sections of carrots, using blanched chives and blanched leeks as the leaves, and truffles, of course, because they're expensive and pretty and tasty. The vegetable pieces would be dabbed with a wee bit of aspic to stick to the chauffeur, once all that was cold, and then a layer of aspic would be poured on top of that for shine and also to protect it. And then the food, the pate, would be placed on top of that platter, and then service would commence. Even in the heyday of U.S. aspic and jello presentations, one can find that white shofar work in cookbooks of elegance. Mostly saved for culinary schools nowadays, chauffeur is made most often from a velouté, a classical French sauce, or a bechamel, another classical French sauce, uh, cooled, gelatin added, and then it's strained, and then it is cooled to the proper temperature for gelatin work. Chauffeur work is challenging and impressive when done well. In the culinary lost arts, this is a big one. I did an informal poll in one of my chef groups on Facebook. And everybody who knew about it, knew about it from cooking school or used to do it 30 or 40 years ago in the garbage sections in hotels. It's very much as the lost art, but it's, it's a good skill to have for nothing else than getting oohs and ahs at Thanksgiving. Next, I want to talk about the transformation from old to new, liquid to powder gelatin. But before I do that, let me tell you about my affiliate, Lobster Anywhere. When you order live Maine lobsters from Lobster Anywhere, you can trust the quality. Lobster Anywhere does, in fact, ship to just about anywhere in the U.S. Sorry, overseas orders cannot be fulfilled. Lobster Anywhere features fresh, live Maine lobsters, as well as frozen lobster tails, sea scallops, soups, and more. Lobster Anywhere is your trusted, sustainable source for hard-shell Maine lobsters delivered to your front door, overnight, guaranteed. Available year-round from a sustainable fishery and caught locally around Massachusetts by independent lobstermen, Lobster Anywhere specializes 
with wild-caught live Maine lobsters and frozen lobster tail delivery. Lobster Anywhere also sells shelled lobster meat, lobster roll sandwiches, chowder, bisque, and surf and turf dinners. For this 4th of July, celebrate with grilled lobster tails from Lobster Anywhere. Brush the meat with some roasted garlic butter for an extra special treat. The Fresh Maine Lobsters have over 300 five-star reviews. Lobster Anywhere lobsters are packed to guarantee you get live lobsters, and with lobsters, fresh is best. The Lobster Anywhere website also has cooking tips and recipes on their Lobster University tab. Learn everything you need to know about how to cook and enjoy your lobster. And when you order from Lobster Anywhere, you earn sand dollar points, which you can redeem at checkout for a discount on your purchase price. Click the banner on the show notes page or type culinarylibertarian.com slash mainlobster into your browser to start shopping for the best hard shell Maine lobsters on the internet. Be the host with the most this 4th of July with live Maine lobsters from Lobster Anywhere. Visit culinarylibertarian.com slash mainlobster to order today. Now let's get back to the show. Jello. The brand name has morphed to mean anything gelatin, just like Xerox now means copy. The road to sweet, jiggly treats started as a quest to make glue. There were some hits in powder gelatin, but no entrepreneurial minds to envision a use outside of glue. Charles Knox had both the innovation and determination to make something of this. From the What's Cooking America webpage article, History of Gelatin, Gelatine, and Jello, the article reads that Knox, quote, watched his wife go through the long and difficult process of making gelatin and resolved to find an easier method, end quote. Succeed he did. Gelatin was originally, and is still, available in sheets. It looked like stiff, thick plastic. Max hired door-to-door salesmen to peddle this new product, showing housewives the convenience of adding liquid to these sheets for aspects and desserts. I'll put a link to this article also on the show notes page. The article also gets into Jello, how it was named, and other interesting bits. Fun to read boring to listen to. With powder gelatin, apple juice can be an aspect with the qualifications about aspects. Well, you know, stocks which don't have enough gelatin on their own can be fortified. There's a keto point to be made about such stocks as soups for a health benefit, and now that point has been made. The change from boiling bones to powder gelatin was huge. So was the invention of Jell-O, and part of the theme of this episode, the famed and infamous Jell-O salads at potlucks, family gatherings, and any time Aunt Sally had an inkling. I'm going to discuss some of those Jell-O mold items right after Jake and Mason tell you about their podcast, Tasting Anarchy. (laughs) 
Hey everyone, Jake here, host of the Tasting Anarchy podcast. Join my co-host Mason and I each week as we explore the world of wine and alcohol through a liberty lens. You can find us on all your major podcatchers, tastinganarchy.com or Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Find out how much government is in your drink. Jello desserts are about as endless as the curiosity is of the cook. From the simple directions on the box to the fancy ring molds with stuff inside, Jello can be both visually appealing and tasty. Perhaps the most popular version was the canned fruit cocktail in Jello with a base of whipped cream and Jello. Canned fruits work well and are easy since it is only to open the can and drain. I've seen cream cheese used as a base in jello desserts and nearly any combination of garnish inside. I've been wondering if pretzel pieces would work. Canned fruits work because they're peeled and they're ready. Some fresh fruits work. Grapes are popular. Diced apple might work and pear too, but this is to mention that there are some fruits which will not work in the raw form in jello. Pineapple, kiwi, mango, papaya, and guavo are not good raw fruit choices for jello. These fruits have an enzyme, protease, which breaks down protein bonds. Cooking the fruit canned fruit eliminates this issue. It is worth mentioning that a marinade made from fresh mangoes and scotch bonnet peppers, uh, some apple cider vinegar, some little bit of coconut oil, uh, salt and pepper of course, would be a fine marinade for grilled chicken or Jamaican style skirt steak. Since mango has this protein breaking down enzyme, Let's use it to our culinary advantage. Remember back a few episodes ago, brine, well, brines are different, but marinades do have the contribution of tenderizing the meat and making it flavorful. It also has the negative side of drying out the food. So marinate it for just a little bit, please. Berries are yum and gelatin. Plopped into the jello mold, everything should be fine. But puree them, things get a little bit interesting. When I was at the Governor's Club in Tallahassee, the chef, Jack Shoup, a certified master chef, was certain and adamant that raspberries had more pectin than other berry purees, so the amount of gelatin required to just set the dish was less than if we were doing something else. I've been looking to confirm this, and I cannot. Mostly because I'm probably not entering the right phrase to get what I want, and instead I'm getting egghead journals with content I can't read. What is known is that raspberry puree does, in fact, make gelatin set stronger, gram for gram, than strawberry puree. This matters at a high-level dining club, for the mouthfeel of the dessert matters. 
the cold fruit souffle made with pastry cream and whipped cream and fruit sauce needed just the right amount of gelatin to hold and no more. Desserts that go boing, boing, boing when tapped with a spoon are not appetizing, especially at those prices. That fruit souffle is a bit like a mousse. Mousse is a French word for aeration. I'm an unforgiving purist about chocolate mousse, and it gets neither gelatin nor whipped cream. But fruit mousses need some help. They also need not be as difficult as we made them in Tallahassee. Depending on the size of the box of jello you're using, add half the specified amount of hot water. Stir well to dissolve all the sugar. Let that sit at room temperature long enough to cool and maybe even start to show signs of thickening of setting. Whip the amount of heavy cream equal to the quantity of hot water specified. So if you're using one cup of hot water in the jello, whip two cups of heavy cream and fold that cool almost gelatinous jello carefully and in portions into the whipped cream. Add berry garnish, pour it into some containers, and chill for about four hours. And with the festive colors available to you on your grocer's shelf, you can have a very fun treat. Letting jello or gelatin sit to thicken is a good trick to keep the garnish suspended. Doing so does take some practice, but when you add garnish to still liquid jello, gravity wins and it all settles to what will become the top of the jello mold or to the bottom of the cup. Letting the jello rest in the mold and thicken gives it the viscosity necessary to hold that garnish where you place it. Yeah, you gotta fiddle with it. But, as Megamind said, the difference between good and excellent is presentation. Unmold the mold. Mold is done. You've fiddled with it to make this perfectly composed gelatin dessert, and it's time to take it out and put it on the platter. Turn the mold over, and nothing. It's stuck tight and not budging. Now what? Well, there is an option before you start. I'm not sure how I feel about this, frankly, but you can use commercial pan-release spray just a wee bit on the inside of the mold. The old-fashioned way to do this is to dip that mold in warm water, not hot, for a few seconds. Now, you need to have a container large enough to hold the size of the mold. And if you've got one of those uh, granny copper molds, they can be a little bit big. A couple of seconds in the, mold, in the hot water to start to melt the gelatin or loosen the gelatin. Melting is what's happening, but we're not, we're not turning the whole thing back into soup. We just want to loosen the outside a little bit. Yeah, so that's why hot water is not necessary. Just warm water. Dip it in there for a couple of seconds. Lift it up. Put it, you know, let it uh, on, a, on a towel. Let it drip dry for a moment. Then put the plate 
on the mold, then invert the whole thing. What we want to have happen is we want the mold, we want the jello to come out of the mold. If you try to turn the mold over onto the plate, it doesn't know what you want. It only knows what gravity does, and it may pull it out of the mold before you're ready and go splat on the counter or on the floor or you know, if there's a worse version of that that could be the case so we're going to we're going to use gravity in our favor and make sure if it comes out it's coming out where we want which is on the platter so you've done all this on the counter right side up platter's on you tip lift the mold up and it's still stuck inside all right, well, take a breath. Don't throw the mold. That's not going to work. Repeat the process. A couple more seconds in the warm water. Drew the towel to drip dry for a second. Now, take a toothpick or uh, a paring knife, something to go between the edge of the mold and the jello, uh, maybe a couple of times around, like 12, 6, 3, and 9, to sort of break the barrier, break the mold, break the seal. That's what I want. Break the seal and maybe let some air in there. Do the same thing. Platter on top, trip the whole thing over. If it doesn't work, lift up a corner. Maybe it just needs just the right amount of air to get in there. Once once it starts, it's going to come out very rapidly. So uh, it will work. It does, it does work. It just can, it can test your patience. So if... After a couple of tries, do some more fiddling with it. I would not recommend more hot water because you're going to end up losing some of the some of the design elements from the pan would show up on the jello mold. And if you do too much dip, 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 you're going to lose some of that. And then, you know, aesthetics matters. Really, this is for the flavor, but we want it to look pretty too. Jello is fun. Ask any kid. It's also, a good way to get kids in the kitchen to learn about measuring, heating, cooling, following directions, and the reward for patience. My own girls made a jello dessert for some guests and added some of the powdered mix to cream cheese. They mixed the cream cheese and the powdered jello together, and the sugar dissolved. And they put that in the bottom of a, uh, a James Bond champagne glass, which, of course, is not at all a champagne glass. And then they poured the Slain Flares dark cherry, I think, dark cherry jello on top. Uh, then I made some whipped cream. Yes, the real stuff. Uh, we went outside and got a mint leaf from the garden and put a cherry on there. It was quite lovely and really tasted good. So um, jello is fun stuff. And if you made jello, then, then the next day there's this disc of nearly inedible jello at the bottom. It's like this weird layer that you can't bite. You just die down. Your teeth, it's like a cartoon. It's like a, I can't think of a cartoon character. I'm thinking about Wiley Coyote trying to bite something. It's just bouncy, 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 bouncy. If that happens, is a real good chance that probably the mixing was inferior. You didn't mix long enough for all the gelatin and all the sugar to dissolve. Uh, and that's probably the first best place to check 
to avoid that thing from happening. Make some fun jello molds. Show them off on the Eating Liberty Facebook page. Fourth of July is coming up. If it's treason day for you, that's okay. It's still it, jello is the reason to celebrate. Go make something fun. All right, folks, that's going to do it. The articles I mentioned will be libertarian.com slash 9393 If you're looking forward to summer reading but just don't have enough extra hands to manage holding the book with all the rest of the tasks you have, give Audible a test run. Subscribers can save 46% off the regular subscription price for your first four months. And, as always, Audible's loved guarantee means you can exchange any title for another for free. Audible's massive selection means you are certain to find the right book for you. Cancel anytime, and anything you've downloaded is yours to keep. Get your summer reading list managed with Audible. Visit culinarylibertarian.com slash audible to start your membership today. Share this episode on social media with your friends, because you know they love Jell-O. They're just not going to tell you about it. Subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Leave a rating and review. Have a great week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.